Hello and welcome to the Sanctuary First podcast. I'm James Cathcart. My guest today for this episode is the Reverend Dan Harper, minister of Bridge of Allen Parish Church. Dan and I met last week and we had an interesting chat about friendship, Jesus and rugby. Our theme over February at Sanctuary First has been I have called you friend, taking Jesus's words from John 15, 15, when he says that he calls the disciples his friends as our inspiration. We've been marvelling at this idea that Jesus wants to be our friend, and through the month we've explored different types of friendship. And one of the things that struck me as I was reflecting was how sports and working together in teams can be a really interesting way of thinking about discipleship and friendship. The Rugby Six Nations is on at the moment, and I happen to know that Dan Harper is just a little bit obsessed with the rugby. I began our conversation by asking Dan where his love of rugby came from. I grew up playing rugby, I grew up watching rugby, it was always a part of life growing up and for as long as I can remember I've been going to watch um, both Stirling County here um, just outside Bridgeval as well as Scotland play rugby. One of my great memories of watching rugby was 20 years ago this year and it was in Paris at the Stade de France as Scotland ran in five tries in the first half, which set up an unlikely victory, which led to them winning the last ever Five Nations. So whatever happens, of course, this Six Nations, we can cling to the fact that Scotland are reigning Five Nations champions. The thing about rugby that I really enjoy is that you sit with your friends, you sit with friends that you maybe have for the duration of the match. It doesn't matter whose colours you're wearing, what team you're supporting. You're there to enjoy the game, enjoy each other's company, hope that your side win. But of course, watching Scotland, we know that that doesn't always happen. Not always. (laughs) Not every time. Do you think there's something particular about the experience of going to rugby? I've never actually been to a national game myself, um, but people tell me that you know there's always a great atmosphere at a rugby game, and, and obviously, as you've mentioned there, you're intermingling. The fans aren't sort of hemmed into separate sections, um, which could be part of it. But what do you think is sort of part of rugby that makes it, or is there something that's idiosyncratic to rugby? Um, I think I think it's present in in many sports. The joy of the sport comes first. You want to see the sport done well. Dan told me about how he and a friend of his enjoy going to see games together, even when they're supporting opposite teams. There's a great atmosphere and they have a laugh together. And whoever wins, it doesn't really matter. It's part of the enjoyment is your own side winning, of course. But it's a day with friends... It's a day where you catch up on all the things of life and nothing at all, but enjoying the company of friends. And that's, that's one of the key things that's always been there for me in going to watch rugby, is it's something done with friends and enjoying the situation, enjoying time together. You said when you were younger you used to play rugby uh, a little bit. What was that like, the sort of friendship or the camaraderie within the team? Rugby is a team game. It's a game where big and small, fast and slow, strong and agile all work together. And you become very quickly aware that you need each other. You need to rely on each other and you're playing for each other. It was really enjoyable to play and do well yourself. But as your team played well, as your team won as you were playing, 
and you celebrated together afterwards, that that was more important than playing well for yourself. One of the things that often strikes people who uh, perhaps don't watch rugby all the time, but watch it during the big tournaments, uh, who are more used to watching football, is the amount of respect that's given to the uh, referee, uh, the officials <laughs> generally, um, and the sense people might complain, but they sort of have to get back in line. Um, and there's all these rules, and sometimes it's a little hard to follow, but I guess part of the framework of these rules is to keep people alive, to keep people safe. Uh, and I think there's something about rugby where, because it's quite dangerous, or potentially quite dangerous, there does need to be a certain level of courtesy and, and respect would you would you say that's that's true when there is 15 18 20 stone of person running into the same a respect builds up you you hit hard you play hard you tackle hard you run hard and you know that you're giving everything that you have and you know the people you're playing against are giving everything that they have so respect is built in that when playing rugby, there's a need for respect within teams, but also between teams, especially when you think that you've got several tons of person running towards each other at high speed. In order to play, there has to be some level of friendship involved. Something I've always enjoyed about rugby is when you're playing and it's a good, hard, physical game, and one-on-one -on -one battles come out of that. And it may look for all the world as if you're knocking lumps out of each other and maybe dislike each other. At the end of the game, you'll shake hands and probably buy each other a beer in the bar. Again, respecting the effort that you have put in. Respecting the fact that this is a game. You could... Um potentially see Jesus' words to the disciples that, you know, I'm calling you friends here, I'm no yep. longer servants, as a bit of a team talk, uh, perhaps half-time. Um, and I was wondering, um, as someone who knows a bit more about rugby than I do, um, I was trying in my head to imagine what if the disciples were a rugby team, <laughs> perhaps what positions they might play, uh, does anything spring to mind? Um... Well, I would think um, the Sons of Thunder would probably be quite good flankers, Fairly, fairly angry, running about, knocking everything over, getting in the way, generally making a nuisance of themselves. I think, as Jesus said to the disciples, I call you friends. He's saying, we're in this together. And in a game of rugby, all of you are in this together. You all have to play together to win. If somebody decides they're going to do it by themselves... That's to the detriment of the team. In a life of faith, it's about us all being in it together. Together with God and together with each other. If we try to go it alone and maybe leave God out of things, we're missing out on the love that the creator of all things has for us. There's this sense, I think, in rugby and, and in discipleship, uh, perhaps of having a common purpose, you know, that we're being invited into. And that um, if we see discipleship as just something that's us and God or us and a personal sort of regime, then it's maybe quite isolating. Yeah. Um, and so I guess the question is rugby rugby automatically is quite a bonding process because you have to trust yeah. one another physically and so on but discipleship and our experience of discipleship today doesn't perhaps necessarily automatically give us bonding experiences i mean you could argue that it does yeah. um when a group of communities starts to trust one another but do you think there's more that we as christians could learn from rugby players 
I think something as Christians that we could learn from rugby is that it's a game for all shapes and sizes and abilities. There's room for everybody on the team. In rugby, you need the strong, stocky guys at the front of the scrum. You need the tall line-out jumpers. You need the wee, wiry runabouts with a flash of inspiration that can change a game. But in a life of faith and a life of discipleship, both in traditional church and non-traditional church, we need the people who are going to encourage us and support us and get us to go and do the great things. We need the people who are in the background making sure that the admin happens, that buildings are maintained. We all need to work together bringing the skills and the gifts that we've been given by God to play our part in the team. It doesn't work if we think that we've got all the answers ourselves, but as part of the team of disciples, then, then I think the answers are there. And with God as the coach, well, I think we can win. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was really struck by Dan's analogy, comparing the complex infrastructure of a rugby team to that of a community of disciples. In both, there's a lot of different people involved taking on a lot of different roles. In rugby, there's the people you can see on the pitch, but there's also all the physios and groundskeepers and coaches and countless others who help keep the show on the road. When you look at the disciples in the Bible, they're clearly a diverse bunch with very different skill sets and backgrounds. And yet when we talk about discipleship today, we often describe it in quite narrow terms as if there's only one model of a worthy, upstanding disciple. Whereas discipleship, when you read the Bible, seems to be a rather broad, encompassing job description. It's an invitation to a mission that takes all sorts. Dan spoke more about the range and diversity of disciples in the Bible. As we look at the disciples, we can see lawyers and fishermen and doctors and know that they all came from different places. But also as we look at the disciples, we know that there was more than just the twelve there were the women who bankrolled it, the people who came along and fed everybody. When I played rugby, um, I had to stop when just around the time I turned 20 because I had a significant injury to my back. But that didn't stop me taking part in rugby. It stopped me playing. I hung my boots up. But I still watched. I still supported. I still got involved. I think in a life of faith, sometimes we can be injured. Either we can make a mistake or somebody else can make a mistake and we can feel as if we're excluded and we can't be part of that team anymore. But there's always a place. You can always come back in. As you said, there needs to be physios and doctors and stretcher bearers, and people who cook and feed, people who coach. In a life of faith, we need the same. Dan and I discussed the ongoing Rugby Six Nations competition, and the idea that tournaments like this foster bonds across borders as well as between teams. It's a wonderful thing to be able to watch and enjoy with friends, to laugh together, to enjoy their hospitality, and to extend yours. It's a, a wonderful thing. This podcast was recorded before the third round France-Scotland game, 
and Dan and I got to talking about Finn Russell's injury. I know coming into this weekend, we've seen that Finn Russell has been injured. He has been seen as a key player for Scotland over the last few years with the excitement and the joie de vie of rugby. Um, He always looks happy when he's playing and he plays best for his friends around him. Unfortunately, playing a club match last weekend, Finn Russell got his head on the wrong side of a tackle and gave himself some sort of concussion. And of course, we all wish him well in his recovery. But something that is clear in the team that's been selected without him is that the team is still there. And although he's injured and taking time to recover, the team still goes on. And so it is in a life of faith. If we need to step back, if we feel burnt out, if we feel as if we're struggling, the medical teams are there to look after us, to pray for us, to care for us. And everything should be able to continue. The loving of God's people for who they are, the caring for creation, because God created it. All of that can continue. Because as a team, we come together to play, to show the world that God loves them. That is a fantastic analogy. I love this idea of celebrating the maverick disciples, <laughs> celebrating the, the maverick who's innovating the apostle or whoever, um, but then yeah. also being like the team's bigger than that. Yeah. And we're, we don't, uh, it would be a very lopsided team that um, in rugby or in church um, that relied on one star player. Yeah. Um, so um, that's that's incredibly neat. Um, so just before we go, any predictions for who's going to win the Six Nations? Who's going to carry it home? My prediction for who's going to win the Six Nations? My heart says Scotland, but of course my head knows that's not true. My head says probably England, and of course that's okay. <laughs> And of course, that's okay. We take a deep breath. (laughs) And we move on. And we move on. (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much, Dan, for joining me. um, And for this really interesting conversation about friendship, about rugby, about Jesus. Um, It's given me an awful lot to think about. And uh, it'll be a pleasure to share it with the rest of the Sanctuary community. Um, So thank you very much. Thank you. And enjoy the rugby. Thanks again to Dan Harper for sharing his thoughts on friendship, Jesus and rugby. I love how he really ran with his metaphor, and it is a metaphor you can really run with, past the opposition 22 down the blind side before dropping it over the try line. When Dan was discussing the different types we need in a rugby team, he mentioned the wee wiry guys who run about with a flash of inspiration that can change a game. I think the same applies in our local communities. So here's to the wee wiry disciples out there who show us the flashes of inspiration that invigorate discipleship for the rest of us. That's all for this episode. You can keep up to date with Sanctuary First at www.sanctuaryfirst.org.uk and on social media through Facebook and Twitter. And if you're looking for something a bit less active than rugby to do with friends, why not check out our group discussion questions for Lent and Easter under the theme section of our website. The first part of With Fresh Eyes is our March theme in the neighbourhood, which covers the first part of Lent and invites us to look around our local communities to get to know them better and to keep our eyes open to spot the shoots of the kingdom. And the second part of With Fresh Eyes is Behold the Man, which takes us through to the end of Lent and into Easter itself. 
And in this theme, we turn to the face of Christ and consider this enigmatic phrase of Pilate's as we consider God's unspeakable gift to a broken world. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.